welcome to episode 16 of Love ADHD. Have we confirmed it is It is, 16? and you are always right with oh, that. So okay. far, I have not been correct. So you are correct. Thanks. You're correct about a lot of oh, things. Oh, you're nice. So we just balance each other out. Welcome. Welcome to, yeah, episode 16 of Love I wasn't ADHD. even looking for a compliment. I wasn't, uh, I Julie. I wasn't even looking for a compliment. <laughs> I am here with my other beloved ADHD co-host who also has adult ADHD like myself, and we are happy to be with you today. We both did solo episodes just barely, which was really fun. I think for both of us, we both have experienced podcasting, you especially uh, as the host, but it's always good to be back together and, you know, more shenanigans usually happens when we try to combine our creative powers. Can I can I start by yes. saying what was so yes. funny is when you jumped on the link, uh, you were in a lobby of somewhere uh, because how come? Uh, what happened? An atrium. An atrium. It's an atrium. Okay. It was in an atrium. Uh-huh. And that was because you forgot we were doing it. <laughs> right? But I mean we it had been a, it yep. had been a couple of days yep. since we had texted so I could I totally get it. That's a joke. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm here for a, do- a different business meeting with the CEO of the the coaching program that I now am the head coach for, Relevant Speaker. Shout out to Relevant Speaker. And uh yeah, we were meeting bringing in and out for us for lunch, and I got here and you sent me a text being like, "Hey, here's the link to record." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot." So, yes, but now we found me a podcast. A, a for official so you've one. Been traveling around with me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got Sam. We'll have to hear how this sounds, but we get off subject, Tony. 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 Oh my gosh. Hey, Tony. So today I am excited to be here. I'm so well prepared and I'm excited because we're going to talk about something that I've been wanting to talk to, to you about for a while, which is you're always bringing up this book. ADHD 2.0 and you, you treat it like the Bible, it is right? The Holy it's part scripture. of your scripture. It is. It's part of your whole yes. Yes. And so I have just been wanting to read the whole book, which I haven't yet, but I have been reading parts of it and it has been fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so today we're just going to kind of crush, we're going to crush, like, as in we have a crush on it. We have a crush on this book because we love it so much because it explains so much of the tendencies we have. So today you're letting me talk to you about some of my favorite parts that I've found so far. And we're just going to crush on it of why ADHD 2.0 is true. Mm -hmm. It's true. (laughs) Okay. Hey, can I ask you something before we Sound even like dig into it? Yeah. What I think, what I appreciate about your honesty, first of all, you could have done a hilarious bit and then gaslit me and started out by saying, hey, have you heard about this book ADHD 2.0? Because I feel like that would have fit the, oh, right, I know, right? What ADHD would have been. But I do think it's fun. I, mm-hmm. And sometimes I do the, as a therapist, but I think as a human being, we probably all experience this where I'll talk about this book constantly and I'll work with the client for weeks, if not months on end. And I'll talk about this book, this book, I would read the book. And they're saying, I really still don't even understand this thing. And I'll say, you know, there's a book that really goes into detail about it. And then eventually, six months later, somebody will say, you know, I read this book, ADHD 2.0. And I just, and, and that is that principle where until the person does it, I can say it. And then I assume that everybody's listening to my every word. And it turns out they're not. I'm grateful that you have now joined, joined the ADHD 2.0 journey. And I do acknowledge that you're the one that introduced me to this book. I did not find it on my own. But what's funny too is like, I think when you first called me and the whole premise that we started about this and you said you have ADHD 2.0, I think I said, oh, you should, you should read this book, ADHD, or you didn't say you have ADHD 2.0, you just said you have ADHD. It was (laughs) 1.0 for you. But then I said, I suggest this book. I'm not even saying that to like try to shame you, but it's just, it is one of those funny things. I think that's such the human experience. We've talked about this. uh, I will say mindfulness and meditate and I will tell people to do that and they won't do it until they do it. And that could be years later. And then it's almost like they're saying, 
hey, I actually finally started meditating. I think it might be something I should do. And then it is my job to not say, told you so. So I won't say that today. That's what I was going to say. That's my exact thought. I was like, then comes the self-control of not saying, I told you to. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) That was my idea. Okay, you go. All right, here we go. The battle. Okay, we're jumping in. Here's the first quote I have a crush on from the book ADHD 2.0 by Edward Hallowell and John Rady. Did I say that right? I don't know. And I just thought of that today. I always say Ratay. And then it was the first time I looked at that and I thought, I'm just guessing. I don't, I really don't know. Okay. John's got a last name, R-A-T-E-Y. Here we go. Here's the quote. First one I want to talk about. A person with ADHD has the power of a Ferrari engine, but with bicycle strength brakes. It's the mismatch of engine power to braking capability that causes the problems. Strengthening one's brakes is the name of the game. Amen. Okay, I love this. I think this is a great analogy. Yes, they're very smart. My question for you is, and I'm sure a lot of this is talked about in the book, but when it talks about how to strengthen your brakes and that that's the name of the game, what are some resources or, or applicable tools for strengthening your brakes when you have ADHD and you do have that huge Ferrari engine, but only the bicycle strength brakes. How do we strengthen the brakes? Yeah. And I, what I love about this too, I think it's awesome too, because it's nice to think of ourselves as Ferraris. That really is nice. And I love that they start with that because then it's like, and bicycle brakes, but we're starting with, we're yeah. Ferraris and you don't want to, yes. I mean, you don't want to change the Ferrari engine. I mean, that, that wouldn't make sense. Although they get bad gas mileage. And if I start doing an ADHD train of thought right now, then I probably would want to get rid of the Ferrari engine because it's not very affordable, but we're assuming that we have a lot of money, you know, know but I I really believe, and this isn't necessarily the way it's framed in the book, they bring so much awareness to the the paradoxical nature of ADHD, how there's these uh, certain strengths. And there's so much just information that I think the awareness and information provides acceptance that this this isn't a bad thing. It's just a thing. And then once I'm aware of the thing, then I can start to work on those breaks. Because you have to know what you're dealing with before you can even take action on it. And so there's the reason I love this book so much is some of the concepts like this. And then, you know, there's two time frames. There's now or later. Like that one resonated so well with me that if I, because I always say I'll do it later. And then yeah. later doesn't ever happen until it's now, which is usually because of a deadline or procrastination. And so yes. I think the breaks, the first thing is just being aware of what we're dealing with and that it isn't a bad thing. And uh, so I think that's the first step on starting to strengthen those breaks. No, no, I think right. I was thinking just specifically about punctuality for me. And I have a tendency to try to fit in as much as I possibly can. And then I'm like always five minutes late everywhere I go, Mm -hmm. because sometimes concept of a time is a thing with ADHD. And it's because I have, I know I can get so much done in such little time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do actually get away with quite a bit, but I was just thinking about now that I'm more aware of where that comes from. And it comes from a place of, of wanting to do good things and having a creative brain and all the things it's not bad, but now I can strengthen, okay, what are some, what are some maybe boundaries I can set for myself uh, to make it that they'll keep that Ferrari engine, that creativity, all of it and get places on time. And so maybe that's, I always leave my here, right? Yeah. I always put my keys here. I set 
arm. I always leave five minutes before I think I'm going to need to because something's going to come up. Maybe I put those little tools in place knowing that that's a weak spot for me. Yeah. And that's uh, it's so well said because it talks about the paradoxical nature of ADHD because so I, I'm that guy though, that because of my ADHD, I mean, I get places insanely early. I mean, it, whether it's an airport, a, a, a anywhere, a movie, you name it. And I've been doing it for so long that it's not even a thought. It's if we got to be here at a certain time, I'm, I'm leaving so early. So I love that, that, yeah. that you're bringing that up because most people would associate ADHD with being really late, but then it's it can be either one. Well, yes. And I have a friend, I have a guy friend that has ADHD and he is always crazy early to the airport. And we talked about it and I thought of you immediately. Mm. And I was like, that's what it is. It's extremes. Yeah. Because, yeah, you have to be almost to overcompensate, right? Yeah. Like that for your brain. Yes. Yeah. It scares you to be close to, yes. close to on time. Yes, right? yes, yes. Uh, and, and it made me back to messy versus clean, right? Yes, I am exactly. in general a very clean house person, very clean. And so therefore it, it boggles my mind when I see people with ADHD that live in insanity and clutter. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you keep track of anything in your head? But then here's the <sighs> thing. And this could be one of those things that people say, well, I'm like that too. Yeah. Maybe I have ADHD. But here's the thing. Like I think about just coming here, we were going to do some filming on stage here for our speakers program. And I to wear my outfit, my, the CEO said, wear whatever outfit you feel most fly on stage with, right? So I go to my closet. I'm like, how do I feel the most fly? That's professional. And all of a sudden, the on, like my closet right now at home, oh, there's shoes everywhere. There's stuff uh. everywhere. Like it's insanity. And you better believe the second I get home, I'm going in and I'm just cleaning it to death because I just, I can't function like that. But I have moments like that where I'm just like, and it just like throws up and I just, I, I have to find the perfect, but I, I'm not going to, I don't know. There, there's just, I don't know. Is that ADHD yeah. or just, I mean, I believe, no, I believe it is. And what's funny and I'm digging where we're going already with this because yes, my closet is very messy, but it also contains uh 25 blue shirts and a dozen pair of khaki pants. And, and so there are some, uh, some that really feel like that is like, that's something that then my brain doesn't have to spend emotional energy or calories on. Or I remember the first time I heard that a lot of people with ADHD, uh, they eat the same things a lot. And man, do I do that. It's a pretty go-to lentils, rice, and an avocado. I mean, that that is happening most every night of the week if I if there isn't something else happening. And, and so it's like that creativity can yep. be somewhere, but then other places, I'm not going to waste any emotional energy on it because it just, I'd rather just do this thing. You exhaust Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I love all of that. Okay. Quote number two, we're crushing on today. It helps to think of ADHD as a complex set of contradictory or paradoxical tendencies, a lack of focus combined with an ability to super focus, a lack of direction combined with highly directed entrepreneur, sorry, let me say that again, entrepreneurialism. A tendency to procrastinate combined with a knack for getting a week's worth of work done in two hours. Impulsive, wrong-headed decision-making combined with inventive, out-of-the-blue problem-solving. Interpersonal cluelessness <laughs> combined with uncanny intuition and empathy. The list goes on. That last phrase, interpersonal cluelessness combined with uncanny intuition and empathy. The list goes on. That phrase especially screamed out to me for some of my life experience because I think I in general connect pretty easily with most anyone that I want to. Mm -hmm. Also, I have had multiple people in my life come to me before and say, 
here are all the reasons you've hurt my feelings and I am lost and had no clue. Or like you've probably noticed that I just have a hard time with you. And I'm like, what? Like I thought we were friends. I I had no idea there was a problem. Yeah. And so I have to, I'm like, how can I be so good with people and also so unaware that I am not for everyone and that there's issues going on and I don't even realize it. We were talking off air about some future episodes and somebody had reached out and said they really like our podcast and they want to talk about ADHD and things like narcissism because you had brought it up a couple weeks ago. I touched on it a little bit last week and and we will start to get into, right. I want to say the, I want to cue this, the nefarious music and say the darker side of some of the things. And there are some traits of ADHD <laughs> where because we're so amazing and fun and impulsive, but we're also so people pleasing and it's a lot of look at me. And so then there is a lot of tie-ins to kind of selfishness. And so there's a fun side of selfishness, maybe. I don't know. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But then what, what you're talking about right there is the, I wasn't aware that somebody might've had a problem with me because I maybe didn't even stop and pause long enough to think about that because I'm, I'm just being awesome and fun and me. And then see, everybody likes me. I was talking with somebody that, that, and I love this because it's somebody that a client that I've been working with for a long time. And, uh, and he just said, can I I start the session by asking you a question? And he, and he said, he's figured out his brain. He called it, he has a sticky brain. And he said, what he means by that is that when he says or does something and he thinks he may have done the wrong thing or offended somebody, then here comes this slow, sticky rumination and they're like, oh, should I have said that? Or did I say that? Or, and he just said, what's that look like inside of your brain? And I said, oh, my, in mine, it's electric, it's electricity. And so if I think I might've even for a second offended somebody, then all of a sudden I'm going to just say, Hey, are, are we okay? Like, is that cool? Or I'm so sorry. I didn't even mean to do that. And, or if somebody says it to me and I do pause, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is the last thing I'm in. And, and I am so sorry. And you know what? I, I really am gra- glad you brought that up to me. So are we okay now? Like, is that good? Or, but, but then I'm off to the next thing because I just got rid of my discomfort and, and I'm assuming that they're okay. And I loved that this guy was saying that his brain just will sit and ruminate. And he said, it's like this slow churning process. And so what, what do you identify with in that scenario? Yeah, I am. Something I've been working on a lot as I become more aware of it is I am really quick that when I feel things, when I have a problem in a relationship, I want to take care of it right then. Like it kills me to sit with the uncomfortableness. And so I've learned through good and bad experience that there are times to just be and to wait and see how play out. And that's intuitive for me. Uh, if I have an issue, I real quickly want to text and say, Hey, I want to talk about this. Let's, let's get this done. Let's cause I, cause something I, I hate so much is I hate pushing things under the rug and just pretending like I cannot do it. And I, I just, I want to take care of, pro- I want to be straightforward. I want to take pr- care of problems right now. And that can feel pretty abrasive to some people. I remember someone, I remember working with a colleague and having to have a little bit of a hard conversation. And I said something to him, like, am, I think I said, am I crazy? <laughs> Which we could go <laughs> on a tangent about that alone. And he was like, no, it's all true. I just was surprised. Basically, you had the balls to say it, okay. that kind of thing. And it's just interesting because I am, I am pretty straightforward and blunt because for me, I just, I want it done. I want it packaged up and done so then I can move forward. It's, I don't like uncertainty, like waiting because I'm going to forget. I'm going to, yeah. Can, oh, I say, can I bring gentle awareness as a, as a couples therapist, for example, here? So if I've got a, a, a couple in my office and somebody's saying that, it, it sounds like an amazing thing. And they're telling it to me like, look, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to just, let's deal with it. But 
it, it really is a, a me thing. I, there's a lot of I in that. There's a lot of, look, I, I, I'm ready to take care of it. I just want to get this un, done. I can't pretend. I'm going to tackle it. I'm not afraid of it. And then you know, the other person's sitting there and I'm like, well, what, how do you feel? What, what is that experience like for you? And a lot of times that person's saying, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's fine. But really, it's like they need more time to process. Uh, they maybe want to gather their thoughts. And so then, but then I think what will often happen is that person will feel like, and I'm saying this is the fun part about us, but then it can also be the intense part is we we can tend to overwhelm. We can tend to, you know, that this is where it's like, oh, no, I'm going to stay on in front of this. And some of that can even be traced back to, because if I stop, then I might actually feel bad. And I'm already so afraid of rejection that I'm going to stay in front of this. And so I love what you're saying about sometimes I need to just be because one of the challenges in a relationship is I can get a couple to really have a good conversation about that. And if the person that is the one that typically is not the ADHD person, if they're able to express themselves, I do already know that most likely the ADHD person would say, okay, but if we ever don't talk about it in that moment, we don't circle back around to it. And then, and then it's like, okay, so then right now in the office, let's commit to if the person says they they can't do that right now, you know, that then we're going to circle back around to it or else we're going to, you know, we're going to bring it back up in a future session because we just get into these patterns, these cyclical patterns in all of our relationships. And that's where I feel like the ADHD person and I, and I, I'm that guy, I've been that guy forever where I thought, no, I'm good. I, Hey, are we good? You know, and I'm taking care of it, yeah. not realizing that I'm almost forcing the other person to say, uh-huh. Yeah, we're good. Cause if we're not good right then I'll make sure we're good. I'll stay on it until we're good. And that's to ease my discomfort. No, I love all of this because I feel like when we started this podcast, we have really tried to come at this with compassion mm-hmm. and that like this is a strength and all of the things. And I think we're, we've established that well. And so now we're kind of able to be like, okay, but here are things that, yeah. that we can work on and that's okay. It just makes us the best version of ourselves. Everybody has yes. little glitches and things and, and, and being just a human that is kind to other people and leaves space for other people. I mean, we all want that no matter what, if we have a diagnosis or not. And so it comes back to the episode I did where if we use ADHD and say, well, I have ADHD, right. sorry, like I, I want to talk all stuff. Like we don't want to be that, no. right? We don't. And now that we have the awareness, it comes back to Maya Angelou's quote that I love so much, right? When I know better, I can do better, mm-hmm. right? And so when you know better when you have the awareness, now I'm seeing the awareness of myself and I'm like, oh, I think I could be a better communicator and here's how. What I, what I, I so, and I so align with what you talked about with rejection sensitivity though, is I find myself in these situations, I want to be in control. Yes. And so it's been interesting to see, this is a little bit vulnerable, but here we go. It's been interesting to be dating again, right? Because I'm a, I had a divorce. I've been, uh, I've been on my own now, uh, just living single for 19 months, almost two years now. And it's been interesting dating how I have seen this show up, uh, where I am very quick to, if, if I don't feel like someone is showing interest in me, I am very quick to almost want to call it out yes. and say, it's okay. I'm good. Like we don't have to, and, and instead of letting it, I don't, I'm not someone that does well of just like letting things fizzle. Like I need us to like have a conversation that I can put a pretty bow on. And then I feel like I'm in control. Like, oh, I, it's almost like I'll leave you before you can leave me. Which Absolutely. We to abandon yeah. it with that. Right. But, but it's interesting to really 
it's a rejection sensitivity thing where I almost feel myself struggling with this anxious attachment yep. I've never seen in myself. And I think it's the, it's the, it's the, I am either all in on this or I'm yep. going to step back because like, it's like either like I'm all in and secure or I'm avoidant and I'm like, okay, but, but if I say this is what it is, even if it's a, Hey, I like you, but you don't like me. Even then I'm still in control. I'm handling it maturely. I'm having the conversation. It's done. I've said what I needed to. It's almost like I've had the last word. It's just things I'm noticing myself as an adult that I'm like, Whoa, I, we all got stuff, you know? And why do I, why do I need to have that control rather than just, why can't I just let things fizzle? Why do I have to have a name for it? Because you, and I love what you're saying. And I feel like I'm watching my friend Julie grow up right in front of me. You know, it's, it's amazing and wonderful because that's such a, <laughs> that when, when I'm working with somebody, that's like, oh, now we're talking about the road to emotional maturity because it isn't about being impulsive. It isn't about control or certainty. And it is about just being and doing. But in my uh, couple's work, and I know we've talked about this, my beloved four pillars of a connected conversation. And I've introduced this pre-pillar, which is out of Marshall Rosenberg's book about nonviolent communications. And it's this concept where we make an observation and a judgment all in the same thing. So if I'm observing that somebody is not responding to me, then I've already made the judgment that they must hate me. And so now when I interact with them, if they don't say, you're right, I hate you, then I'm saying, no, it's okay. You can tell me. I mean, I already, I get it. And if they're saying, oh no, I just was busy. I'm like, I, you don't have to, you're, it's okay. You can tell me you hate me. That's fine. And so now, they, right? Okay. And so they have to defend, they have to defend 100%. themselves of something that they don't even believe, but you're even now saying you, you aren't even being honest with yourself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so much. It is just so me and I am so not proud of it, but it is so, it is so me. Yeah. It's everybody that has this so until it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, do we have time for it? Yeah. You want to do one more? And so, oh, go yeah. ahead. That's what I was thinking. One more. Man, we only got through three, but we'll, I'm sure we'll do this more ADHD 2.0. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's this is a small one. We've got an overabundance of attention, more attention than we can cope with. Our constant challenge is to control it. Mm. I even have controversial thoughts on this, and I love these guys. But so, okay, so. you go. What do you think? Well, just, I mean, it's attention deficit disorder. So I have an overabundance of attention, more attention than we can cope with. Our constant challenge is to control it. I guess I'm going back to the Ferrari engine, right? Like it's it's like I am so creative and so excited in these things. I'm trying to take that and care about so many other things that I need to care about as an adult. And I don't know how to, I don't like doing that. I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I, like, I had a thought with it. Tell me what. I love my beloved acceptance and commitment therapy. And so I have a, a concern that sounds so dramatic. It's not a concern. I don't necessarily think it's something that I need to worry about controlling because the controlling is then I still feel like the vibe is that I'm doing something wrong and I'm just doing and being. That's what I am. So I feel like instead of control, it still comes from a place of I need to be aware of this attention, my overabundance of intention. And and it goes back to like your episode a couple weeks ago. And the more that I'm aware of it, then the more I cannot use it as an excuse. And I can and I can bring that awareness. And then that's where I'm going to operate from a place of change. And now I got to jump to my, uh, my, my best friend differentiation as well, which is that everything eventually is a me issue. So if somebody else is telling me that you have an overabundance of attention, I, I'm starting off with, well, that's a them issue. Now I'll take a look at that. But ultimately, I need to be me. 
And if I'm not using it as an excuse, if I'm not trying to manipulate, control, just get validation, then I'm just being and doing. And so then that is, a, I'm going to take ownership of the way I show up and I want to be the best me I can be. But ultimately, the person who gets to determine that is me. Instead of somebody saying, I think you are, you know, you are too much, then I'm saying, oh man, thank you so much for sharing that. I'll take a look at that. And then if I'm, and then if not though, ultimately then I get to say that this is who I am. So the, I just have a struggle with the idea of control because I think part of my whole practice is we want certainty and then we want control. And those are two things that are not, uh, not the best things I think. Well, we won't, nobody really has certainty about anything not to get all philosophical mm -hmm. and then control is you I always say you can have love or control in an adult relationship, not both. Yeah. And I love that so much. I think that's so true. Yeah. Well, well, should we finish up with a little yeah. love ADHD note? And we'll come, we'll yep. through the season through that. We'll have to come back to, I'm sure so many things from this. I think this will be this fun. Great. Like I, yeah, we should do this. Uh, we'll I keep this, uh, this, we'll keep the quote list going. We both, and we both have one yeah. here and then we can turn to this anytime. And I'm also sending you TikToks that I find funny about ADHD. There's, and we yes. have we have we have some popular shows we want to talk about the characters from that we think you yes. have ADHD. So many good things to come. Um, do you want to take this or do you want me to? I did last week and I, I horribly failed in mine. I don't know if you heard <laughs> the end of that one. So okay. you you take it. You go. Okay, dear Tyler, man, we have a fun engine. It's like a Ferrari, right? You and I. I am your Ferrari engine, in fact, because I am ADHD. And I want you to know that Ferraris are fun and they're cool and they're sleek and they do things that some other cars can't do. And that really sets them apart. The challenge sometimes is learning how to work with me and not against me. And I want you to know the answer is never to try to control. There's nothing wrong with you. However, being aware of me and aware of how I make you work and how I make you tick is going to give you the best life you could and help you become the best person you can be. And that's exciting. Ferraris are exciting. And I'm just so glad that we're together. Love, ADHD. Amen. That was good. I like that. Thanks. I do. I, I felt like I was going to blow a kiss to Tyler. <laughs> Little Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> Little Tyler. Uh, Julie, have an amazing time recording things. And yes, your outfit does look fly. Isn't that what well, you said? I'm not wearing the blazer I was going to, but you can tell oh. I got, you know. Oh, look at those. That's yeah. like, what are those called? Hanging down things? Frills or? Yeah, I don't know. If I could choose, I would actually have these cut off. I like oh. it. These actually aren't so funny because they kind of look a little too rodeo cowgirl for me, but they're fun. It's okay. Hey, Julie. I have to say this because uh, this is a funny thing. We did an episode and we talked about the, the benefits of uh, impulsivity and I talked about buying some shoes. And they were amazing and wonderful. And so then uh, I wear them a couple times and then they, they break. They like, they separate, they fall apart. So then I reach out to the company and uh, the shoes had shipped from a different land, a land far away. It took them about oh, 20, 25 days to arrive, but I loved them. They were amazing. And I showed them and I was so proud and impulsive and that sort of thing. And I just thought this was funny because yeah. a lot of times impulsivity doesn't end up turning out okay. Uh, they fall apart. I reach out to the company and uh, they get right back to me and they say, oh, um, you have 30 days to return them. And I said, okay, so like they got here 25 days later, I've worn them four or five times and I sit in an office all day and they've separated. Can you make an exception? And then they said, no. Uh, and I thought this was funny. So then I did it. I Googled the company and then turns out they have just horrific reviews and ratings everywhere. 
except for on their social media ads where everybody says they're amazing and wonderful. So I kind of think maybe those are made up. So I just thought it was a really funny thing because that day, I, th- I feel like there's something here, the paradox or whatever, where we were like, impulsivity can be super cool sometimes. Look at my shoes. And then it's like, if I would have paused a second and actually then looked, uh, Googled the company outside of just reading the, now it appears to be made up Facebook ads, then uh, I would have known that they had like a 1.0 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot, the Better Business Bureau, Google Reviews, you name it. And so I just thought it was, a, it just, I felt like that just encapsulated even some things with, with ADHD. So I just thought I need to come on here and take ownership of it. Part of me wants to express my frustration with the company itself, but I also... Well, I don't want to know what the company is. Yeah, it's a Gatsby Shoes is uh, what it was. Yeah. yeah. And even then I saw their their ad <laughs> just a couple of nights ago. And then I went in there and I looked and it was like, and it was every every comment was, these are amazing. These are wonderful. They're comfortable. They're the best. They're the best company to get here fast. And so then it's like, then you step outside of it and then Google and then there's none of that. So I was just really bummed. And I felt like that just, uh, if I'm going to own the fact that I thought this impulsive decision was wonderful, then I'm also going to own the fact that it turns out my impulsive decision was not so wonderful. So love ADHD. Love ADHD. Live your life, you know? That's right. Awesome. I mean, I'm still like, I still like the shoes. I'm throwing a little glue on them. They'll be all right. Okay. That'll be fine. Okay. Hey, have fun, Julie. It's great to see you. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.